News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number two, the Pete Callender Show. I am the Pete of the show. The email is Pete at Pete Callender. No, it's not. Uh, no, I don't have that website anymore. Pete at the Pete Callender Show dot com. <laughs> that's the that's the email. Uh, yeah, and it's K A L I N E R. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Cassidy Hutchinson, a top aide to Trump's White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, provided compelling testimony yesterday that former President Donald Trump is singularly culpable for the Capitol riot. This is what Andrew McCarthy writes at National Review. I asked earlier if people were even open to being persuaded on this. I'm not trying to persuade you. I'm just giving you the information so you're aware of it because you're probably going to need to be aware of it because you're going to hear more about it. So I thought Andrew McCarthy, uh, he has bias, but we know what the bias is going in up front, and I think he makes fair concessions and uh, critiques of the work that the J6 committee is doing. Um, Yeah, he's critical of it, but he also is critical of Trump. So there was uh, this point where Trump was mad when he was going down to speak at the at the Stop the Steal rally because of the security uh, that had been put up and they were, you know, scanning, body scanning and stuff for weapons. And he got very mad because it was thinning out the crowd that was going to be near him. And uh, he wanted the magnetometers, uh, whatever. Uh, the mags, he wanted them removed. And they said, but these guys, there are people that are showing up here. We've already confiscated lots of weapons. We see people out in the crowd. They have weapons. And he said, I don't care. They're not here to hurt me. And um, that's a problem because it indicates that he knew that they were armed and he knew that they they might use those arms, those weapons, Right. It indicates when he then says they can march on the Capitol. They're not here to hurt me. They can come in. They then they can march on the Capitol. That can make your connection to intimidating government officials. That which is a crime. If he knew that there was this threat and he said, we're going to send them over there. And then he says, I'm going to march with you. I'm going to go with you. And they had told him they had had this um, debate that he had to be very careful in his words during the speech so as to not be accused of incitement. Hutchinson said that, like all presidential speeches, it was vetted by staff. White House counsel Pat Cipollone and his staff pleaded for removal of the exhortations Trump was insistent on including. Things like, fight for me, fight for the movement, and so on. They were too close to the legal line of incitement. It was plainly foreseeable that the mob could take forcible action. And if it did, White House lawyers feared that this rhetoric would place Trump squarely in legal jeopardy for whatever mayhem resulted. Obstruction of congressional proceedings, intimidation of or assault on federal officials, and so on. The rhetoric stayed in the speech. So did Trump's vow that he would be marching to the Capitol with the mob. This had been a bone of contention for days leading up to January 6th. Um, 
I mentioned earlier from this piece where, uh, you know, Trump then gets up there and he says that he's going to be marching with the crowd to the Capitol. And as soon as he said that, Kevin McCarthy, the House Republican minority leader, he calls up Cassidy Hutchinson and says, what is he saying? What is he doing? We were promised Trump would not proceed to the Capitol following the speech. She says, don't worry, that's not going to happen. But it was happening. They were already, the Secret Service, National Security Council, they were watching things unfold and they're like, okay, he's on his way to the Hill, we got to find out what's the best route to get there. This is where the uh, alleged steering wheel grabbing happened where the Secret Service agent said, I'm not taking you to the Capitol. It's not happening. It's not safe. And Hutchinson says that the Secret Service head guy, or NATO, uh, told her that that's where Trump tried to grab the wheel. He says, I'm the bleeping president. Take me to the bleeping Capitol, whatever. And the agent says, no, not going to happen. Trump put out a statement while she was testifying saying her fake story that I tried to grab the steering wheel of the White House limousine in order to steer it to the Capitol building is sick and fraudulent, very much like the unselect committee itself. NBC News, uh, no Trump apologist, reported uh, sources close to the Secret Service that said uh, the driver would dispute Hutchinson's account as, uh, oh, sorry, Engel wasn't the driver, my bad. Engel would dispute it, as would the driver. Okay, so there was a, so now you got three different Secret Service people. Trump apologists, moreover, were quick to point out that her account is hearsay. She heard the story from Ornato, who got it from Engel, who apparently got it from the driver. So it's like a four, it's like four degrees of separation. It's a game of telephone. But it isn't just any hearsay, McCarthy says. It's not like idle chatter that a witness might eavesdrop on. We're talking about a chain of command where government officials are expected to report things to their superiors. So now maybe the driver made it up or maybe it just got distorted or something. I don't know. More to the point, though, Hutchinson learned these details just minutes after the encounter in the limo. Ornato, Ornato um, came directly to Mark Meadows' office with Bobby Engel. And as Engel looked on in apparent affirmation, Ornato relayed what had just happened to Hutchinson. Engel gave no indication that Ornato had gotten any of the details wrong. And if Hutchinson is lying or exaggerating, it's strange that under oath she would voluntarily identify so many witnesses who would contradict her, which apparently now they are. They're, they're saying that that did not happen. On that score, we must note that before presenting Hutchinson's testimony, the committee interviewed Engel. He says, and McCarthy says, it's not clear whether Ornato has testified or not. Consistent with the panel's Madden, Madden, infuriatingly, opaque process, Engel's testimony has not been released. Just like we heard yesterday, right, from uh, Klukowski, the, the other guy who says, hey, I want my testimony released. You guys smeared me as some sort of promoter of this Trump lie and the scheme to reject the electors. He's like, I disagreed with that whole thing, and you guys just smeared me as complicit, released my whole... Testimony from all the depositions from the 12-plus hour and all my documentation. So now we have another example of the, te- of the committee behaving this way. So we can't weigh the testimony against Hutchinson, and we don't even know if 
this guy Engel was asked about what happened in the limo or not. But no, they had to race forward, right? And they had to put the surprise witness on the stand or at the table. They had to they had to get her testimony on the record immediately for her safety. Before you went back to Engel and asked, hey, did this happen? Because now what happens? If that turns out to be false, everything Cassidy Hutchinson has said is now dismissible. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Tim, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm awesome. What's going on? All right. Look here. 2016 campaign. I was at the Tucson rally where the uh, the airman punched out the guy who dressed in the Klan hood. Anyway, I was there with my daughter. Afterwards, when we were leaving, we were surrounded. And they uh, were were physically, you know, trying to uh, rip stuff off of us, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And the police stood there and did nothing. Mm-hmm. Point. You'll recall Trump wanted 20,000 National Guard troops there to protect the people coming to the rally. We all know that when we go to these rallies, we're in danger. Mm-hmm. People are going to counter-protest and going to try and attack us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Is, were people armed? Absolutely, they were. If I get in one of these things, I'm going to be armed. I might not carry it into the uh, to the venue, but at least I'll have something in my car. So, when he said that they're not here to hurt me, you know, assuming that that testimony was word for word correct, right. you don't know what inflection he used. You don't know if it actually was what he actually said, and you don't get the the meaning of what he said. You're just taking this woman at her word with her inflection and her emphasis. True, but that's what, but that's what all, and and that's what all witness testimony is. And that's why we assess it based on, you know, their believability and, and, you know, does it pass the smell test? Like this is the reasonable standard uh, that we are supposed to, a reasonable doubt standard that we're supposed to apply. Like, is this the doubt that would be raised? Is it for, you know, the doubt that a reasonable person would have? And so, yeah, I, I can understand, you know, did he emphasize they're not here to hurt me or did he say it like, oh, they're not, hurt or, they're not here to hurt me. Let them in. So, you know, one would indicate that uh, a, a knowledge that hurting other people is on the agenda, but it's not for him. It's for somebody else. And another tone would indicate that uh, that, no, they're not going to hurt anybody. Me, least of all, but nobody. Right. So it's just that you are correct that the tone is lost. Uh, in, and we don't know if it's a verbatim quote. And that's part of the problem with not having somebody up there to cross-examine her. Yes, sir. And uh, you, you know, to answer your initial question, am I uh, willing to accept or keep an open mind? And I'll tell you, I'm an avid Trump supporter. But if someone can give me some actual proof that he did something illegal, I'll drop him quickly and go with DeSantis. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, DeSantis hasn't even declared yet, Tim, so that might be a bit premature. Uh, no, and, and I appreciate that. I respect that. Um, and, and and I get it that this is hard for people um, who, especially in your position, who, uh, you know, who went to the rallies and, you know, voted for him and like him and approve and all this. And to now hear some of this stuff, uh, a lot of times people are not equipped to be able to. It's what's the uh, it's easier for somebody 
to be duped. What was the? I'm trying to remember. There's there's something. It's like cognitive dissonance that occurs where uh, people are more willing to uh, proceed down the line with the con because it's right. easier to accept than the knowledge that they got conned in the first place. You know, and that, so that's a, it's a very powerful human thing uh, that the you know that people wrestle with whenever it's their team. I get it, and um, and I'm not like I said, I'm not trying to persuade anybody. Just relaying the information so I give you credit at least for keeping an open mind on it. Well, yeah, absolutely. If someone gives me some hard proof, not just uh, not just hearsay, yeah, some yeah. actual evidence, yeah, I, I don't have any problem because I'm not really looking forward to just the day-to-day slog and having to deal with the constant attacks. Right. Yeah, yeah so it's run, exhausting. Fighting for them, but if there's some actual proof, I'm ready to let them go. Yeah. But when you say I was one of the people at the protest, I wasn't just one of the people at one of these these uh, rallies, I was one of the people, including my daughter, who got attacked. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're armed when we go now. Yeah. Oh, hey, I was up in Asheville when um, when the crowd surrounded uh, the Trump attendees outside of the Civic Center. And they started assaulting the, remember, they assaulted some elderly guy. And he, he raised his hand to swat uh, uh, somebody away. And some old lady with the, uh, with the oxygen tank took a fall afterwards and then these people chased down this this you know 90 year old guy in the street like it, it was uh, nuts yeah, and the I cops yeah and the cops made the attendees walk that gauntlet on the way out they literally created this this like aisle through the sea of moonbat leftists uh to make all of the attendees walk out i remember i remember um yeah i think the tucson rally was like a couple weeks right after that yeah yeah. Well, Tim, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks a lot for sharing. All right. I appreciate you taking the call. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Um, here's another uh, uh, another story out of her testimony. So they get Trump back to the White House, and um, the lawyer guy, Cipollone, uh, whatever, he comes running down the hall to Mark Meadows' office, says, we need to see the president right now. Meadows says Trump was aware of what was going on, as everybody's out there, you know, screaming, and and now they're, like, storming the Capitol. Uh, But he didn't want to do anything at the moment. That's what Meadows said. This is according to Hutchinson, who was standing there watching it happen. Cipollone then browbeats Meadows into going to see Trump. So they go down the hall. Later, the dejected pair come back to Meadows' office. And Cipollone is continuing to just light into Meadows' Uh, Quote, we got to do something. They're calling for the vice president to be bleeping hung. And uh, referring with resignation to the conversation that they just had with Trump, Mark Meadows tells Cipollone, quote, you heard him. He thinks Mike deserves it. He doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. Is that really what Trump said? Is Mark Meadows lying about that? Is Hutchinson lying about what she heard Meadows say? Yeah, this needs to be explored. I'm sorry. This like that we people need to be brought in now and and questioned about this specifically. And maybe she's lying. Maybe Meadows was lying. Maybe Trump said it. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But yeah, I need to see more evidence. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the two phone numbers. 
Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. I got a couple of emails here. This is from Susan. It says, Pete, I am sick at heart to think the Democrats finally have a couple of Trump's thoughtless sentences with which they might take him down. They have done little in seven years but malign, misrepresent, misquote, you name it. Trump is not God, but he's the best representative of good government I have known in my lifetime. Um, well, see, this is one of the other parts about Donald Trump that was always frustrating to me. Like, you know, this is how they behave. And I have said this many times. Trump has broken a lot of people's brains. He has made people just completely incoherent in their rage against him. And everything gets viewed through this prism of Trump. And it's like, he's not the president anymore, guys. Like, move on. Find somebody, and they're trying. I mean, Madison Cawthorn, they thought they might have something there. No, then he lost, you know. Um, but he also, Trump has also uh, prompted a lot of people, a lot of his followers, to view everything through the prism of him, too. I don't do that. I, I don't do that. A politician's going to break your heart. They always do, by the way. They always do, because they're people, right? As she says, that he's not God. But a lot of people think he is, <laughs> or, the, or the closest thing to it on this earth. Um, Joseph says gas is $5 a gallon. Russia is now slowly bulldozing Ukraine. Supply chain issues are still causing shortages like baby formula. Grocery stores, uh, grocery prices are skyrocketing. So why are we talking about January 6th? I think I answered my own question. It's an all, it's all an attempt to try to distract from the sorry state we are in. Um, there is no doubt that people would prefer to distract us. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if that works because we all buy gas and groceries. Also, I've never been of the opinion that just because uh, this one story is in the news cycle today, that that means that all of these other stories that are in the news cycle every other day somehow are ignored. I I disagree with that assessment. So I I disagree, Joseph. There may be an effort to distract in order to help Biden. He's still two years out. You want to think this is about the midterms? No, I, I, I think the people who are motivated to keep the J6 thing going and to investigate it, I think they're driven by animus towards Donald Trump. And I think they believe that they don't want him anywhere near power again. I think that's why they're doing it. That's the best of motive I can assign to them. I could be wrong. I try to, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, though. Um, but yeah, they hate Donald Trump. No doubt about that. (laughs) That is the best, that is the best benefit of the doubt I can assign to them. Um, Larry says, Pete, I only got a portion of your show today, but I have a question and a comment. Well, first off, Larry, let me say shame on you for only getting (laughs) a portion of the show. But no, honestly, that is sort of, I have, I have found that the best way to engage in uh, the thoughtful dialogue is to only catch parts of what people are saying and then <laughs> respond. <laughs> uh, let's see what he has to say. Uh, Larry says, first, I was listening to Vince earlier until he started on his anti-Trump rant. When I listened to a portion of yours, you kind of went down the same way. Both of you seem to give much belief to the witness at yesterday's 1-6 hearing, but I heard nothing from either about the two agents who said they're willing to testify under oath that is misspellings. We 
Oh, that what she said never happened. It's bad enough that television gives these useless one-sided hearings airtime, but I hope you and others will give both sides. Remember, politicians tried to convict Trump in one-sided hearings before. Uh, That is from Larry. Uh, I think I have actually covered the very thing Larry, I guess, did not hear. Him having only heard portions of the program, did not obviously hear the at least two different portions of the program so far where I talked about how the Secret Service agents have said they would testify that did not happen, the grabbing of the steering wheel. I thought I've also been pretty clear that there are lots of reasons why this woman's testimony, Cassidy Hutchinson, her testimony may not be credible. It's not credible because of the composition of the committee. It's not credible because she's expressing hearsay. It's not, See, this is the thing. People want me to get up here and validate their priors. That's what a lot of people want in this debate. And I look, I faced this back uh, when the Mueller investigation was going on and people wanted me to say, shut it down, shut it down. It's useless and all this. I've always been of the opinion that I want more information. I want there to be more information. I said the same thing with Horowitz, the inspector general that was going after the FBI and uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. I wanted more information. John Durham's investigation. I want more information. I want there to be the investigation. That's how that's how I try to arrive at opinions based in truth. That's me. Okay? That's how I do it. I'm not going to be bullied or browbeaten into accepting a position and then rejecting all information that comes in. So I, I think I got a pretty good handle on this woman's testimony. I do. Like what she said, I got a pretty good idea of what she said, I got a pretty good idea of the the problems with it, that a, lot, that a lot of it is hearsay. Now, on the other side, some of it is not. For example, when she's witness to the conversation between Mark Meadows and the White House lawyer, Cipollone, and Trump said, or Meadows says to Cipollone, you heard Trump, he thinks Mike deserves it. Because Cipollone's saying, look, they're out there chanting, hang Mike Pence. And Trump said, you heard it, you heard Trump. He thinks Mike deserves it. And by the way, that happened at about, according to Hutchinson, somewhere around 215 to 225. Somewhere in that 10-minute window, this is when this conversation occurs. When Cipollone and Meadows go down to the uh, down the hall to talk to Trump, and then they come back like five minutes later. In this window of time, you know what happened at 224 within that same window? Trump sent out a tweet. Do you remember the tweet? Quote, Mike Pence did not have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our our constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones which they were asked to previously certify. He sends that tweet. So what does that indicate? Again, either Hutchinson's lying. See, there I am pointing out that we need to keep that idea in mind as well. That Hutchinson is lying, and maybe she's lying because she got passed over for the gig at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, because we didn't get any we didn't get any cross examination of her at the hearing, where somebody, an adversary in this format, would bring to the jury's attention, so to speak, that she was so horrified by what she saw on January sixth that she went on the record a week later to say she was going to be working for Trump at Mar-a-Lago after he left office. So maybe she's mad because she didn't get the gig. She was so horrified that she 
wanted to go work for him some more? So maybe we could get some information about that, too. However, so maybe she's lying about this entire conversation, which is why Mark Meadows now needs to come testify, which I doubt he will. Um, But this is a problem because Trump tweeting out about Mike Pence not having the courage to do what should have been done indicates what? That at the same time, Cipollone and Meadows are talking to Trump about the hang Mike Pence chanting that's going on. Trump sent out the tweet, which indicates that that's the topic of the conversation. That's confirmation of what Hutchinson says is true, not to mention the fact that she witnessed this conversation, right? So you take all of this, you take all of the information, you try to weigh these things against each other. That tweet launched a whole bunch of resignations, remember? Elaine Chow, uh, the education secretary, Betsy DeVos, I think Mick Mulvaney also uh, quit at that point. Andrew McCarthy says that was the unhinged Trump of January 6th, turning a deaf ear to his daughter, to his oldest son, to members of Congress and friendly media who were all imploring him directly and through Meadows to tell the rioters to stand down, to do something, to stop the violence. And he didn't want to hear it. He could not be moved from his conviction that the rioters were in the right, that it was Pence who had betrayed him. And it wasn't until four o'clock that afternoon that his staff finally prevails on Trump to make a statement telling his supporters to go home in peace. But he refused to condemn the attack. He told the mob that he loved them and that they were very special. The president was equally opposed to the healing speech that his staff pleaded with him to give the day after the riot. This is worth examining. It is very much worth examining in full detail. And I don't know if this hearing is or this committee is the right one to do it. I'm, I don't think they are. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is all well and good to remind everybody again that the January 6th committee has foolishly undermined its credibility by failing to provide a fair process. I don't know why we have to keep saying this. If I've said it once, I've said it well, probably like 13 times, 14 times. I disagree with the way the committee was composed. I disagree with the way that Nancy Pelosi kept the minority party's picks off of the committee. The, uh, by the way, they would, where's it? Uh, yeah, here it is. The National Review Editorial Board, they actually addressed this point a couple of days back. Uh, they said, as with uh, as many good things as Trump accomplished with the presidency, he was unfit to be entrusted with the office, and Republican voters should discourage him from seeking it again. If it aims, if the committee aims to hold Trump politically accountable, its newer revelations arrive far too late for the botched second impeachment. If it aims to build a case for criminal prosecutions, that is not a proper function of Congress. If it aims to score partisan points, as House oversight investigations usually do, it has no particular claim on our attention. Some of the committee's hyped claims, such as efforts to paint House Republicans as active collaborators in the riot, have landed with a thud. Nancy Pelosi refused to seat Jim Jordan and uh, Jim Banks on the theory that they had objected to Biden's electors. Yet she chose Benny Thompson, 
who objected to George W. Bush's electors and on no better grounds. He's chairing the committee. She also appointed Jamie Raskin. He objected to Trump's uh, 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 electors. Right, so you, so the, there's no excuse for this. This was, that's why I call this a, sh- a show trial. That is all it is. But that doesn't mean that there can't be information. Just like when I go and I see a play or a movie, it's fiction, right? This is it's entertainment or whatever. It's not real. However, I can, I can glean some information out of it that could be true. A different way of thinking of something, somebody's story I didn't know about. The committee's work has been predictably partisan and acrimonious. But for all of the problems in its design and its operation, the committee has done important work. The January 6th Capitol riot and the associated Stop the Steal effort to prevent Biden's election from uh, being certified is an important moment in our history. And there remains value in documenting it for posterity with evidence and testimony under oath. The subject of what the president did after the riot started and why the Capitol was not secured more swiftly and decisively was underexplored in the second impeachment. And it has produced some revealing testimony. I, I wish this thing was better, but I cannot discount new information that has come about because of the testimony. Um, and so McCarthy writing about how, you know, again, The January 6th committee has undermined its own credibility by failing to provide a fair process. But what Liz Cheney did with the witness yesterday, Cassidy Hutchinson, is what prosecutors do with witnesses in grand juries every day. You draw out the witness testimony. You have no obligation to provide the defense perspective on any of it. That's why they say you can indict a ham sandwich. To be sure, no one gets convicted at the grand jury stage, but an awful lot of people get indicted that way. And on far less evidence than what we heard. Moreover, when we say the committee lacks due process legitimacy, that means it lacks legitimacy as an ultimate finder of fact. It does not mean that we can blithely dismiss any evidence that committee finds. It does not mean that because we prefer the evidence not be true, we can dismiss it out of hand because we don't like the Democrats or we don't like the committee's process. Right? These witnesses are testifying under oath. There's significant risk to them if they are found uh, to have committed perjury. And by the way, and I mentioned this yesterday, both Hutchinson, or I'm sorry, Hutchinson said both Meadows and Rudy Giuliani sought pardons. And I asked this question yesterday, is that the behavior of somebody who thinks they did nothing wrong? Is that true? Did they seek pardons? Now, they made this accusation against other members of Congress who have denied that that's the case. See, this is the problem that the Democrats created when they created the committee. So now I'm caught, and by the way, see, this is the thing, like, I don't have to say it's all bunk or it's all totally true. I don't have to take one of those positions. You don't either. We can have a nuanced view. We could say, oh, that's interesting information. Hadn't heard that. I'd like to hear some more. I'd like to hear Meadows. I'd like to hear from this uh, from the Secret Service guys. Right? I want to hear more information about this. I want to hear people that directly contradict her or directly confirm her. But the Democrats screwed it all up right from the very get-go. <laughs>